the Koi Gig part on Off The Ball. I don't like it. I want to be up there in Group A. I don't care who we get. We should be up there competing against them. But, you know, as you said, we're going to win that group and then get promoted, hopefully. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Right, Daniel Harris is with us to talk about Manchester United and what appears to be uh, an inopportune time for a swoon at the end of the season. Daniel, good morning to you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Um, on balance, they probably deserve more from the game that than they got, but at the same time, when your goalkeeper throws one in, you kind of run the risk of losing. Yeah, yeah. If your goalkeeper throws one in and you can't score, you deserve to lose. And I, I, I don't really hold by this deserve metric in that or not, uh, there is a metric that has been determined precisely to determine who wants to win a football match, and it's called the score. And if the other teams score more than you, I think it's quite hard to argue that you deserved any more than you got. And I didn't feel, and not, I nor the people around me in the ground felt that United deserved anything out of that game because, as you say, the keeper threw one in and they couldn't score. Was the performance bad generally? Because obviously, you know, on, on telly and, and watching highlights, you don't really get a full sense of it. So was there was there energy? Was there direction? Did it look like they knew what they were doing? Um, it, did until, it did until West Ham scored. I think that we've seen these games before. We saw them sometimes last season under Rangnick and we saw them quite a lot under Van Gaal as well where United would play okay for 20 minutes, but if they didn't score and then the opposition did, they would lose. And this that performance last night was quite reminiscent of that, where once United went behind, I don't think anyone in the away end really thought that United were going were gonna to come back from that because just there's, there's lots of reasons that they've, they've lost confidence, they've lost, the, the legs have gone, and I think probably their, their heads have gone as well a little bit, where they're not playing with the same intensity, they're not playing with the same composure on the ball either, and just a lot of players have gone off form at the same time, and Ten Hag doesn't really trust many of the ones that are on the bench. So what you end up with is you end up with the same players who play every game, and then cycling through various others in the hope that one of them will give you a performance when you want one. You listened to Ten Hag after the match last night, Daniel, and you expected David De Gea is going to sign a new, new contract, albeit with much uh, reduced wages from, from his current uh, standings. Uh, is that the right decision, do you think, from, from United perspective? If he does sign on, he's been a great servant of the club, of course, but there have been a lot of uh, errors and mistakes, both with distribution and, and, and goals like last night let in. Uh, I, I don't know if Ten Hag really means that. Because I think that I'm sure Ten Hag wants a goalkeeper, a better one, a number one goalkeeper. But given all the uncertainty about the takeover, number one, he doesn't know if he's going to be able to buy one because there might be other things he needs and wants more. But also, there's still a bit of the season to go. So if he sits there and says, well, actually, we're not offering David De Gea anything, then to be in a position where you have to rely on him doesn't really make a lot of sense. So. The only way that he could probably be honest about David De Gea was if he decided that he was going to Jim Layton him and just play Jack Butland or Tom Heaton instead for the remainder of the season. And I, I feel like I could probably get behind those because De Gea has made two errors in recent games, the one in Sevilla and the one in Sevilla and the one last night, that it feels like there probably has to be some consequences for that. So if he didn't play again, I wouldn't object to that. You know, I'd have got... They've got four games. They need to probably win three of them. And they've got a cup final against Manchester City. Feels like someone's got to make a decision because although De Gea is still capable of making brilliant saves, as you say, 
They can't really play the kind of football they want to play with him. And it's not even just the distribution, as you say. It's the refusal to leave his line, which makes it difficult to defend with for the defenders. And also the team are playing 10 yards deeper than they need to, which means the attacking players get the ball 10 yards lower down the pitch. And it all looks something of a mess now. I know you say there's more than likely other areas of the pitch that he'll feel the need to strengthen in, but that seems like a fairly fundamental building block from that perspective of someone who believes in his own ability to coach players, which we've already seen this season, and then his style of play. I'm talking about Ten Hag here. It it feels like a a goalkeeper who was pushing everybody forward and telling everybody what to do would actually be very transformative for this group. A hundred percent. And there are definitely people that watch United that will say the first thing they would do is buy a goalkeeper. I think that what's probably happened with Ten Hag is he probably decided that he could get by with De Gea for another year if he has to, because the if there was perhaps an obvious goalkeeper that you could go and get, then perhaps he'd be more, not more motivated, because I'm sure he's extremely motivated not to have what happened last night happen again. But a centre-forward is probably more necessary than a goalkeeper. And even the midfield player might be more necessary, because if you've got someone scoring goals at the other end and you've got someone who helps you control the play, then there's actually less for the goalkeeper to do. But I, I agree that a goalkeeper is a fundamental thing in a football team because it's not just the saves, it's the security that enables the rest of the team to play in the way that they want to. And to and to and Ten Hag wants United to play dominant football. So in order to do that, you need to be able to play a high line and you need to be able to retain possession. You need to be able to build play properly. So it's not a situation where people don't think United need a goalkeeper, but you could just as easily say, well, they also... In order to have a football team that's good, you need to be able to control midfield and you also need to be able to have someone who's going to score goals. So, I mean, I I don't know what the correct answer is, but perhaps the notion that there isn't an obvious goalkeeper who you would buy, who would be absolutely certain would come in and be great, makes it more significant that you go and get a centre-forward and a midfield player. Whereas if you had, say, Edwin van der Sar available, an equivalent to that, then you might think, well, I definitely must go and do that. De Gea has probably been exposed by, by the fact that uh, it's hardly an excuse but exposed by the, the Varane and Martinez being out of the team as well it, does Den Hag Daniel have to take any responsibility for for the decisions in advance of the game you see Vad Veghorst starting a match for the first time in over a month and, and a very unimpressive 56 minutes now Anthony Martial when he came off the bench wasn't exactly any more impressive but it just only serves to highlight the need for a goal scorer in this United team because so many chances were wasted last night yeah, I mean, this is going to sound, this is a, a peripheral point, but I don't understand why United never have strikers on the bench, really. I, I get the fact that they don't have senior strikers, but there's something about centre forwards who know where the ball's going to drop that chucking on a winger will not do the same thing. So, I mean, we saw it when well, Danny Welbeck was coming through, he would be on the bench well before he started playing regularly. Kiko Makeda scored two goals in two games, did almost nothing else. But Fergie had him on the bench and a bench that had fewer substitutions allowed from it because sometimes you need a goal. And when you need a goal, you need a centre forward. And so I don't think, before me be very clear, I don't think the solution is putting Joe Hugill on the bench. But at the same time, I probably would have Joe Hugill on the bench because United don't look like the team who knows how to score. As for Veghorst, I, I mean... I don't understand why he started last night because it was hard to see what Tenach's plan was in order to get him to contribute something, given that he's... I don't know how many starts he's made for United, but he scored once against Nottingham Forest in a game, I think they won, is it 3-0, 3-1 in the League Cup semi? And he scored once in the Europa League against a team, I can't even remember who it was, but it was a game United won easily. 
He hasn't scored in the Premier League. So the idea that playing him as a number 10 last night was going to make something happen was very hard to believe, even though I understand that Ten Hag probably wanted to make a point to Anthony Martial that his performance in midweek meant that he had to not be in the team today. Uh, last night, sorry. So, and it is beginning to look a bit messy from Ten Hag in that he had that period after the World Cup where he just seemed to be making great decisions all the time, where he'd analyse a game at half-time or after an hour, work out why it was United were doing well in that game, make a change or two, and then you'd see the change reflected very quickly in what happened on the pitch. And when United appointed him, that was something Steve McLaren said about him, that he just had a really great ability to read the game and work out what needed to be done to tip that game in his favour. That hasn't happened for a long time. And I think last night he picked the wrong team because also it's not just playing Veghorst there, but if you play Veghorst there, it means you're playing Bruno wide. Mm. And Bruno's the guy who's most likely to make a goal happen. He doesn't have the pace to go on the outside of players. So if you put him wide, then you're effectively limiting your ability to create by taking your most reliable creator out the middle of the pitch. What also happens then is if you think you've got Casemiro and Ericsson, neither of those have got any speed, then you've got Veghorst in front of them, no pace. Then you've got You've got Bruno wide, no pace. And then on the other flank, you've got Anthony, who does have a bit of pace, but he's not he's not lightning. And then everything starts to look very, very slow and predictable. So often you can see what Ten Hag's trying to do, but last night was not one of those occasions. And I think, yeah, he does also have to take some take some responsibility for that. But to go back, Colin, to your point just a moment ago, the absence of Martinez and Varane is also making a massive difference because, first of all, it's taking Luke Shaw away from the left from left back. And Luke Shaw's doing a really good job at centre-back. He's good. Apart from that ludicrous error at the end of the Brighton game, a game in which he was United's best player, he's a good centre-back. But United lose something when he's not a left-back because he gives them thrust going forward. And he's also got a good relationship with Marcus Rashford and they miss him. And they're also missing Varane, the security that you get from Varane, the knowledge that he's going to win almost every header in, your own, in, in his own box. Uh, he's got some recovery pace as well. And then you've got Lissandro Martinez, who is aggressive, who's winning the ball as soon as he can to get the team high up the pitch. And also he's probably the team's principal playmaker in a way, because he's the guy who's hitting long diagonal passes or who's carrying the ball forward. And without him, United just don't have that. And it is making a massive difference not having those two players. Do you think that they're still going to qualify for the Champions League? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm just thinking about the prospect of having to sit through another season of Europa League, thinking I will do time if that happens. But they should have just about enough to make it happen because of the four games that they've got, none of those teams have anything to play for. But if they if they don't win the next one, if they don't beat Wolves at the, week, at the weekend, then, yeah, then it will look unlikely that they're going to manage that. They should still manage it from here. But if they don't, I think that will be a fairly significant blow. And if you remember at the end of it all, they've got a Derby FA Cup final against the team who are better than them, who are playing much better than them, who are also trying to emulate a treble that United won. I mean, it's looked like this for quite some time now. I mean, I guess I, in the beginning, I started talking about it like it was a joke, that in some ways that United's, United's best season in a decade could end in absolutely fantastic disaster. But as we now chug towards that situation, it looks like absolute disaster is actually fairly likely. The, 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 one of the hallmarks of those great United teams was that games would never peter out like, like they did last night. If they're goal down, they'll usually come back. And Fergie time was always the, the time in which they got those goals. And, and certainly this time of a season with, with so much at stake in this top four race. These games are so crucial, and to see United losing these games in the fashion that they are, does it show a weakness in, in mentality or... or 
something to that effect, Daniel? Because it's it's clearly a time of the season where you have to be winning these games. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's weakness in mentality, and we've seen that with some of these players for quite a few seasons. Now, there's also weakness in ability. That the players, the players Ten Hag has bought, and there's Bruno Fernandes and there's Luke Shaw, but I'm. Um, and there's Rashford, but he's not. I'm sure he's not mad about the others, and that's just very basic players that aren't good, good enough. That if we think about the players that United want to sign this summer, if you if you said to me you can buy buy any players that you like, and this isn't just me going right, I'm going to go and sign Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappe, but I would be saying, well, I want a centre forward, I want a midfield player, I want basically Christian Eriksen with some physical presence, I want a right back, and I want a goalkeeper. Those are four players I want for the starting eleven. I also want another midfield player for depth, and I also want. Um, I also ideally would want really another centre forward for depth as well, and I would want a third choice centre back. So that's quite a lot of things that United need. And if you look at if you look at Arsenal, say, and you look at Manchester City, Arsenal thinking, well, they probably want a better player than Granit Xhaka, but after that, they're just signing depth. Manchester City, they're not signing players. Who are they signing in the summer? Like almost like they have more or less the team that they want. So if United to catch up, there's a lot of work to be done, but. To come back to your mental your mental weakness point, we've seen it with these players. And some of these players actually were quite good at coming back when they went behind. They had that season under Ole where they regularly went behind, particularly away from home, including a game at West Ham, actually. And they got really good at coming back, but the weakness was getting into a position from which they needed to come back in the first place. Last night was just kind of a lack of quality and a lack of intensity where it was really only an injury time where they looked like they might score. They had Anthony Martial chance, and then they had the header that he should have scored as well. But... Prior to then, they didn't, I think they had one shot on target maybe in the second half and one shot on target in the first half and one they hit the post. They didn't really look like they were going to score and it is weakness in mentality and it was weakness in mentality that cost them against Brighton when Luke Shaw handling the ball in the injury time, that is, that's not weak technical weakness and Luke Shaw is a, is a really good player. That is loss of concentration, loss of patience, loss of focus, whatever you want to call it and just loss a panic, who knows, but just doing something completely inexplicable at a moment of, Mediocre pressure mm. is is is, men- is mental weakness, and I say that no one likes saying that about professional footballers that have greater mental toughness than the three of us that have in this conversation combined, and then some. Well, we couldn't perform under that kind of pressure. I'm absolutely certain of it. I mean, look at the mess I'm making of a few gentle questions here. So when I say it, I'm not saying that I I'm better than that or I wouldn't have done that. That's all right. What we I'm understand. Saying- yeah, no need to rub it in. <laughs> What I'm saying is that professional footballers, one of the things that they do is the ability to perform under pressure is something that the likes of us can't really understand. And yet when you see these kind of errors, it is often that inability to perform properly under pressure. So, yeah, these players are, some of them, not the toughest mentally. I agree. It's what Ron McGarr always says. Pressure does uh, very strange things to people. Uh, Last point here before we wrap up today. In the WSL, United beat Spurs 3-0 yesterday. Uh, Four clear of Chelsea and still top of the table, but obviously Chelsea have games in hand. Do you want points on the board at this time of the season, though, just to follow on from that pressure issue? Uh, I would say that, that Chelsea are favourites. They've got to play Arsenal still, and if United win all their games and that game's a draw, then the goal difference means United will almost definitely win the league. I think I think you'd probably rather be Chelsea if they were playing full-strength Arsenal. I mean, if they were playing full-strength Arsenal, Arsenal would still be in the running for the league title. But Arsenal, without so many of their best players you'd have to back Chelsea to win that game. Um, I, I mean, I, I hope United can do it. They are playing really well at the moment. I, they've got to play Manchester City, 
Um, but United are playing well at the moment, and I think United will probably win their games. Um, and they look the performance like yesterday was just a really competent performance where Tottenham had one chance where Beth England went round Mary Ertz and um, was saved on the line. She should still have scored. But other than that, United were totally dominant. Finished the game really quickly. Look, look at a really good team. They've made they've made massive strides this season because what you're seeing is you're seeing individual players massively improving. Like Leah Galton's a much better player than she was last season. Ella Toon has also really really come on a lot as well. So they look confident. But I, my guess is that that Chelsea will just will just pit them. But the cup final should be should be a really good game and. United in a one-off game have, have definitely a really good chance to win that, the way right. that they're playing and the firepower that they've got. Daniel, good stuff. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. No, see you tomorrow, everyone. Have a good day. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.